Hi, my name's Taylor Chapman, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Let's actually jump right on in there, and let's see what God has in store for you with today's message. Today, we are going to start our third message in the series, The Storehouse. Let's recap so we can get a mile high and get everyone on the same page, because this has been a good series so far. You learning something? Yeah, yeah, it's been really good. The storehouse of which God provides for your life is based on two things, your ability to steward your provision and your ability to operate within your purpose. The more you walk in your purpose, the greater measure of blessing you will operate in. Why? You learn how to steward or become skilled at what God has called you to do and how God has called you to function. In Deuteronomy 28 has been our text for this series. We learn about three spiritual use storehouses. In your notes, let's write down storehouse number one was the immediate use storehouse. In the immediate use storehouse, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 5. It says, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. We have the word basket, and what that is referring to is your wallet. So write down, your basket is referring to your wallet. And then you have the kneading bowl, and that is referring to like a refrigerator or a table of some sort, implying this storehouse is used to keep funds accessible for daily use. You keep enough resources in these funds to last you about two to three weeks of your daily operation. The, if you want to learn more about what that looked like, go back online and watch it. We learned in our second week, write down number two, the intermediate use storehouse. These answers are on the screen in front of you if you don't know how to spell them. And we looked at Deuteronomy 28, 8, and it says, The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. The word barns there is referring to storage. Write that down. Barns equals storage. This storehouse is used for a long-term savings plan. This would be like you put your money in a savings account, a high-yield interest account, something you're saving up for a house down payment, a car, a vacation, something that's coming down the road, uh, something that this storehouse would be used to cover expenses of a loss of a job or a change in something in your life. You're not wondering, oh my goodness, how are we going to afford to keep going? You've got a storehouse, an intermediate use storehouse that's set aside so whenever you need to pull on it you've got those funds available and the the thing about these storehouses is your storehouse won't look like mine my storehouse won't look like Mike's Mike's storehouse won't look like Tristan's everyone's storehouse looks different based upon their purpose and how they fund and desire for their storehouse to look the third storehouse that we're going to get into today uh, we're going to stay in this one for a couple of weeks uh, Jesus operates very heavily out of this storehouse. In all three, no, get that off, please. In all three storehouses, the storehouse being used is something that you supply on earth. If you want money in your wallet, will it just magically show up? 
No, you got to go out and work and put money in there. If you want money in your intermediate use storehouse, is it just going to show up in your bank account? Like, where did that five grand come from? I didn't know I had five. I prayed and believed and got, no, it doesn't work that way. What you put in your storehouse is what you get out of your storehouse. If you want money in your storehouse, what do you have to do? You got to work. And then once you work, what do you do with your money? Put it in your storehouse, in your notes true. In your notes, in the green ink, what you put into your storehouse is what you get out of your storehouse. As we start looking today at our third storehouse, there's a story in Genesis that lays some foundation for us. Um, If you wouldn't mind, normally I put all of the notes or the Bible passages in your notes, but we have way too many. So I asked you to bring your Bible or you can pull it out on your phone. Let's pull out your Bible and let's look at Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Genesis is the first book of the Bible, so you can all find that one. Um, Pretty easy. Let's look at Genesis 28 and we're going to read, starting at verse 10, the entire section to verse 22. So Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through 22. Go ahead, Adrienne, start reading, please. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. If you circle stuff in your Bible, circle ascending and descending, or underline it. We're going to come back to that. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring." Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Verse 17, if you're not knowing where we're at. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? And I, oh, I'm sorry, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. There's a man named Jacob, and he just deceived his fathers and brothers. We won't get into the full text of what was going on. But Jacob leaves his house, and he is heading to a city called Haran. And um, he tells everyone he's looking for a wife, but we all know because we read the story, he's actually running from his brother and his father who he deceived. And on his way to Haran, he gets tired and leans up against a tree and has the dream that Adrian just read. In this dream, look at verse 12. 
there is a ladder going from earth to heaven. But what is interesting, the angels were beginning their journey on earth, not in heaven. Look at verse 12. The angels were what? Ascending before they were descending, meaning they were going up before they were coming down. What was God telling Jacob in his dream? There are things that you do on earth that will trigger a response from heaven, but it has to be done where you do it on earth first, and then the response from heaven will come second. What you do with your finances determines if you enable the God factor in your finances. If you're going to have the God factor in your money, if you're going to have the God factor in your marriage, if you're going to have the God factor in your business, what you deposit on earth will determine the level of interest that you receive off your deposit. If I deposit strife in my marriage, then the level of interest that my wife is gonna have in me is zero. I am big trouble, Mike. If I want, I want her to be interested in me, so what do I have to do to get her interested in me? I have to make the proper deposits. In order for me to receive interest on my relationship, I have to deposit the right kind of things in my relationship. Are you following me? A little bit. Okay, I'm gonna make all this very clear at the end. If I want to receive interest on my money in the bank, if I stick my money under my pillow, am I going to receive interest on my money? Why not? I never deposited the money in a place that interest can be earned. I had the money the whole time. The bank has the interest the whole time, but the problem was I put it in the wrong place. Jacob was so taken by his dream, in verse 22, he says, of all that I give, of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth unto you. We're going to look at that next week. Uh, why was he taken by his dream? He recognized the God factor and came to the conclusion, the God factor in my life will do more than anything else in my life. More than I can do, the God factor trumps everything that I'm capable of doing on my own. Let's look in your notes and let's look at the third type of storehouse. But before we do that, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 28, 12. Adrian. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The third type of storehouse to write down. It's a big one. The interdimensional use storehouse. The interdimensional use storehouse. This storehouse is set apart for people who give. This, this storehouse is set apart for people who bless other people. This storehouse will never be established if you're not a giver. I would contend that this storehouse is the most important of the three storehouses. It is so important that Jesus talks about it in his very first sermon. In your notes, Matthew chapter 6. Read, please. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is saying, I care how hard you work for your money, so don't put it in a place that it can be stolen. In other words, use wisdom when it comes to your storehouse treasure. In fact, this actually happened to Jesus. One of his own disciples were the ones who was stealing from his own money box. And look what happened to that disciple. He was the, ultimately the one who turned Jesus in to the, the, pilot, to the, to the Pharisees and um, do you think that happened all of a sudden? Or do you think it happened because over time, Judas allowed his heart to be hardened by stealing from Jesus? Jesus is showing us that you spend so much time storing up treasure on earth, it can easily be taken away. The value that it contains is only for this lifetime. We are here but a, a vapor. Uh, but when, when it concerns eternity, but we have to live with that mindset. We are storing up treasures in heaven. Jesus is not opposed to us storing up treasures on earth. We've talked about that the last two weeks, but he is saying, whenever you store up treasures on earth, use the safest place possible. If you put all of your money in a coin jar or a money jar in your closet behind your clothes, that's not a good idea. Why not? Because if your house burns down, insurance won't give you that cash. So God is saying what Jesus is telling us here, whenever you're storing up your treasure, put it in a place that it's smart. Put it in the bank. There's the story of the parable. He said, the, the, the three guys, he said, I went and made one talent, 10 talents, three talents, 10 talents, whatever, you know the story. Uh, he, he took the, the last talent and said, why didn't you even put it in the bank? He said, I went and buried it so that no one would take it from me. And the guy said, why didn't you at least put it in the bank to earn interest if you put your money? And I'm not talking $100. I don't care about your $100. Put that wherever you need to have extra cash. I'm talking your intermediate use storehouse where you need access to a, law, a, a large amount of funds. You've got to store those in a place that can make interest on on your money because that's biblical wisdom. That is what Jesus is telling us here. It's okay to store up treasure on earth. But there's a third storehouse that again, if you wanna make deposits into your treasure, into your storehouse, the only thing you get out of it's what you put in it. So there is a third interdimensional use storehouse that is determined by what you put into it. So now becomes the question, how do you lay up treasure in heaven? I want to show you a powerful story found in 1 Kings. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17 in the Old Testament. We're going to read this whole thing. Um, it's a great story. The story's going to bless you. This is so cool. I love this stuff. You guys having a fun time so far? Yeah. 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 All right. Good. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. Go for it. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and, deal, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she said she was going to bring it. He called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. 
and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she, and she and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. That's pretty cool. That is the interdimensional use storehouse at work. We see, look at verse nine. Circle the word commanded in your Bible. God commanded the widow to feed Elijah. Just know if God commands it, he will be the one to take care of it. Let me say it again for those in the very back. If God commands it, he will be the one to take care of it. In verse 14, God says the jar of flour and and the jar of oil will not be empty. When the widow gave out of obedience, God returned the giving with the blessing of the jar which would not run out. There is a promise associated with giving. The miracle hinged upon the word of the Lord and the miracle hinged upon the obedience of the woman where there are two things that needed to happen, obedience and faith. God sent Elijah to this woman who literally, if we read the whole story, would say she had one meal left before her and her child would die. The lady recognized Elijah and she understood he was a man of God. The miracle was the jar of flour and the jar of oil would not be used up. If she would have not listened to the the prophet and gave what she had, the blessing of a jar that would have not run empty would have never happened. That is the interdimensional storehouse at, at, at work. Let me give you some background to this story. During this time, there was a famine going on. Food was more valuable than money. Uh, There was no food for people to eat. There was great despair all around. And Elijah goes to this house and the widow and her son have enough food for one more piece of bread. They have rationed all their food. They have been living off crumbs for a long time. So they, they literally had just enough left. So when Elijah comes and says, make me some cake, In her heart, what is she thinking? I don't have enough to feed my own child if I have something for you. Don't think you're more holier than that because that would have been my first thought. Someone comes into my house and I know that I have food for one more meal and comes to me and says, I want you to give me that one more meal. I'm like, no, that's mine. You're not gonna take it from me, that's mine. But she recognized the prophet of God and she said, because he is a prophet of God, I will do what he said. When you read the story, it's easy to think, well, why wouldn't God just go ahead and fill her jug all the way up and, and just, it's all, all the time full? Because actually, it, it, whenever we were looking at it, it says, every time you go to the jar, it will be filled. Meaning the jar was not full all the time. So what happens? Why is that important? Why wouldn't Jesus or why wouldn't God just take that jar and why wouldn't he just go ahead and make her a barn and just fill that sucker up? Because then they were in such a famine, if a neighbor or if somebody else would have found out that she had resources, she would have been dead like that. They would have taken her out. So what God said, if you will just go to the jar, if you send your son to the jar, there's not gonna be anything in there. But if you go to the jar, every time you go to the jar, it will be filled. Every time 
You go to the jar, it will be filled. But the only way the jar was filled was she had to supply the jar at the beginning to give to the prophet. Whenever she had done something on earth, God did something in heaven and supplied the need on earth. I'm taking you somewhere. You guys aren't with me on this one because I'm talking about money. Two years, it's my first time I've talked about money at all. So just hang with me in here because I promise you this is going to change your life. We're, 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 we're scratching the surface. Um, God protected her by supplying only what she needed. God protected her by supplying only what she needed. How many times, God, why don't you do this for me? Why don't you give me that barn full? God protected her by giving her only what she needed. Too much of a good thing, I heard someone say a while ago, it's not necessarily a good thing, but it is a good thing. But what happens is if you have too much of something, you take your dependency on God. If her jar was always full, when she went to the jar to get what she needed, she would have forgotten the miracle of what she had to do to get the jar filled to begin with so faith is required so every time she goes to the jar she walks up there and in the words of my mom she can do the happy dance when she gets next to the jar because God performed it again so why do we live our lives in such a way of saying God how come you're not performing how come you're not doing what I needed you to do I prayed and I believe but yet God's saying you never supplied the, the fuel for the jar the interdimensional storehouse was started on earth by her giving of her last meal to Elijah, but the provision of the jar of flour was filled by the supernatural power of God. That is the interdimensional storehouse at its finest. The intermediate storehouse, the immediate use storehouse is filled with only what you put in. You put 10 grand in there, what you gonna get out? 10 grand and a smidgen of interest. What you pull out is only what you put in. But whenever you have the interdimensional use storehouse, you make deposits on earth and God provides the interest rate. <laughs> With God, there is no limit to what he provides because God is the one who determines what can be withdrawn. Mom said it a while ago. <laughs> aren't getting this are you I'm whenever you know that you know that you know that God can do something you walk with a different level of confidence I don't walk around defeated I don't walk around broke because I know I've supplied the jar and God's going to refill the jar every time I go to the jar it's going to be full I don't have to live this defeated mindset that my jar might be empty today I continue to fill it and God continues to bless it the interdimensional use storehouse is a storehouse that Jesus, he used this thing all the time. And we're going to look at some amazing ways he used it next week. Um, but no matter what the economy looks like, this storehouse operates outside of the economy. The storehouse that God operates in and out of does not have to agree with what our storehouse on earth looks like. In this place is the interdimensional storehouse. And in this place, the supernatural power of God is natural. <laughs> uh, treasures in heaven are not just for the next life. They are for this life and what's to come. And it's important to understand what you put in is what you get out. 
of the immediate. What you put in is what you get out of the intermediate. But when it comes to the interdimensional, what you put in has the God factor equated into it. So what comes out may not be what you think should come out. I want to prove that one to you. There's a widow in uh, the widowed woman in 1 Kings had food for this life, not for the next one. She gave her food and God supplied her food for this life. She stored up treasure in heaven, but the, the interest rate that came off the withdrawal had nothing to do with money. It had something to do with what she needed. <laughs> All right, let me show you another story in the Bible where we lay up treasure in heaven, but God determines what the value of the treasure that you put in. Let's read Acts chapter 9 um, in your notes. Acts chapter 9, verse 37. Read for, uh, let me read verse 36 first. There was, a, uh, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. How would you like to have that name? Um, she was full of good works and acts of charity. Good works and generosity translates to treasure in heaven. Uh, what is great about Tabitha is she was known for her good deeds. We want to call her Dorcas or Tabitha. Which one? Dorcas? Dorcas is easier. Okay. Um, Dorcas was a lady who, I can't do that. Tabitha was a lady who would help her people. Um, she was very kind and very considerate. Tabitha was very uh, generous. Um, she was a giver and um, for a woman of her character to die with unnatural causes in that time would have kind of been like, we don't understand why this is taking place. Tabitha dies and her friends around her, while she's basically laying there on her deathbed, are expressing the good deeds that she's done. Let's read in your, in, your, in your Bible, verse 37 of Acts 9. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Hold on right there. Her friends, um, they sensed that her death was not God's will. That's all I'm going to say there. I'm going to elaborate here in a minute. Keep going, verse 38. Since Lido was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the windows stood, all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. There would have been other widows that would have died during that time, but for some reason, Peter felt something for this person. Uh, in those days, you didn't go to a mall to get clothes. Uh, you'd go get them custom fitted. And Dorcas was one of those people, Tabitha was one of the people that would come and bring you into her house and would make you your clothes. And these people were all around her deathbed saying, look at what she's done. She's made these tunics. She's made this wardrobe for us. Look at what she's done. She doesn't deserve to die. Uh, Tabitha was wronged in the fact that she died. Um, if, if she would have only laid up treasure in heaven, when she died, uh, it, would have been, it would have been over. The death of Tabitha would have been complete, but she was a giver. 
um, she was well-loved, and now she's dead. She laid up treasure in heaven, and God's about to repay her with something that she didn't lay up in heaven. Keep reading. No, there's nothing else to read. Hold on. Yeah, keep reading. Read verse 40. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Tabitha was raised from the dead because she had treasure in heaven. The good deeds that she had done on earth put a deposit in heaven for her to receive a dividend of a miracle of life. The good deeds that she did did not reap a financial harvest. The good deeds that she did reaped a harvest of life. So what happens in the interdimensional you storehouse, the treasure that you store up is not determined by how much, let me say this again. Whenever you store up the treasure, the outcome of what that treasure is supposed to return on your life is not what you think you need, it's what God thinks you need. Treasure in heaven is whatever God seems fit for what you need most. We oftentimes say, God, I need money. And God's saying, I need your marriage healed. God is saying, I, I need money. Marriage, money would heal my marriage. No, it's going to heal the attitude that you've got going on. There is something supernatural about what takes place when we give into the interdimensional use storehouse that God provides the interest rate for what we put into it. The interdimensional use storehouse is a storehouse that you supply the resources and God supplies the flow of blessing back to you. Here's what was fascinating. Getting back to the dream that Jacob had, the angels were ascending before they were descending. I want you to think about that. The angels were taking what was deposited on earth, going up the ladder to heaven and presenting it to God. They would take then the presented offering to God, now with the God factor upon the gift, and then would descend back down the ladder and give it to the people that needed it. In the interdimensional use storehouse, we have to fill our barns, but God will provide the dividend for what the barn will look like. If you want the blessing of God upon your finances, you have to make a deposit on earth. The angels take that deposit, they go up the ladder, they show it to the Lord. The Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, many of you think well done, good and faithful servant is about your, your death end. Uh, that's actually talking about money. Go back and read the text in context. God looks at that money and says, well done, good and faithful servant. He puts the God factor on it. You come back down the ladder and then whenever you need it the most, it's there for your taking. You look at it and say, I need a financial miracle. God says, I need to put life in you because there was a car that just went by you that almost crashed into you that I had to protect for you. I remember whenever my dad had a car wreck, my mom was sitting out there above the fire, the fire trucks and all that stuff. <laughs> Everyone thought she was crazy. I kind of did too. I was little. And she's like, God, I'm a tither and I claim the right of what my tithing brought forth. He will live and not die. And they had just told me that he was dead. And she said, I am a tither. I'm calling in. And she didn't 
didn't use this word, but I am calling in the, the interest of the interdimensional use storehouse because I don't need a financial blessing right now. I need the God factor on a life right now. And because I made deposit after deposit after deposit, my reward will be whatever I need on this earth. The only way you receive a dividend of the God factor is you have to supply the storehouse. The only way you reap the benefit of what a storehouse has is if you supply the storehouse. I saw Warren Buffett's gonna make $2 billion this year just in stock dividends. Just in dividends. That just means his money's sitting there. They're just like, hey, here you go. Here's, here, here's $5 million. Here's $10 million. Every day. If he didn't put the money in the stock market, would he have that dividend? Why not? He's got money. Because he never put the money in a place that the dividend factor can equate into the equation. Many believers walk around depressed under poverty, under all these different things, and they say, God, why are you not taking care of me? Why is your blessing not on my life? Why do things seem to work out for that person and nothing seems to work out for me? It's because you've never filled the interdimensional use storehouse. I knew that would get you all quiet. Why do we live so stinking blessed? Because I fill the interdimensional use storehouse every single week. We give like no one else. Not because I want to look and say, hey, we gave X amount of dollars. We gave X amount of whatever. Because I know I need the God factor in my life more than I need the money. And I got to have God factor on everything. So I got to keep making deposits so the angels can take them up. And let God say, I got this one covered. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now look what I'm going to do upon your life. I'm going to give you this and this and this. I'm not even talking about materialistic blessings. I don't even care about any of that stuff anymore. I'm talking about whenever I wake up, the presence of God comes into my life and I walk with the favor of God. I'm talking whenever I go throughout my day, I live blessed. I live highly favored. I live with the presence of God. Yesterday I was sitting on my couch and and I'm just sitting there on my, mind my own business. Adrian was gone. The kids, uh, they were at a, at a birthday party. Hey, happy birthday. And they were at a birthday party. And I'm sitting there on the couch and I lift my hands. And for, a, for about five minutes, give or take, just the presence of God just came over me and I could feel like liquid honey being poured out on me. And I'm like, God, what's this for? I wasn't even praying. I wasn't even seeking after you. I was sitting on the couch and I just put my head back and put my arms back and said, Lord, thanks. All of a sudden, boom, the presence of God. Why? The supply of the interdimensional use storehouse has been made available that I walk differently than everyone else can walk. I'm about to get excited in here and I don't even have my voice. I sound like a little horse girl. <laughs> what happens if we want the blessing of God upon our life? We've got to make deposits in the proper storehouse. Many people have made deposits in storehouses that were not fertile ground and don't understand why the blessing of God is not upon their life. We, we give, again, not because, uh, well, I do write, I, en I enjoy writing checks, but not because I enjoy writing checks, but because I need God. 
I've got two kids up here that in the next 10 years are going to be influenced in ways that are, are beyond my help. I need the God factor on my children. So what happens is, I'm not saying I give and I'm going to buy God off and he's going to twist his arm and talk him into something. What I'm saying is, I'm going to continue to make the deposits in my storehouse and I'm going to let God be the one that determines what happens on earth because I'm going to do my part because I know when I do my part, God will do his part. Thank you for tuning in today. The most important decision you can make is making Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that because we are born into sin, there needs to be a blood sacrifice to redeem us from the curse that that sin brought us into when we were all born. God wanted to give you the opportunity to live in eternity with him. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to be that blood sacrifice for you and I. You can choose to make Jesus the Lord of your life and choose heaven, or you can choose to make this sinful world we live in your standard of living and make hell the only option. If you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, we wanna give you that opportunity right now. All you have to do is repeat these words after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I confess my sins and I repent of those sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, make me a fully devoted disciple. If you just prayed that prayer, then you are saved. Congratulations on making that life-changing decision. Now is the next step. You need to start reading your Bible and get into a good Bible-believing church. You will find other people who've made the same decision that you just did, and you will help each other grow to become all that God has called you to be. If you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I am praying for you, that I am for you, but I need to know about it. If you would go to pathwaychurchok.com, that is pathwaychurchok, just the letters O and K.com, send us a message and let us know you prayed that prayer, and we'll send you some free resources to help you start your journey with Christ that you just started today. Thank you again for tuning in. Congratulations once again. We'll see you next time right here.